Because last year during summer church, we were at Joey and Angela's house. And during that time when we were there, we got a word saying that we're going into a building season. You guys remember that? A building season. And at that point, we weren't, uh, we weren't um, sure what that meant. Is it a physical building? Is it spiritual building? What kind of building season is God asking us? But as January came around this year, and as we're now in the middle of 2023, the building is that our faith needs to be built on a firm foundation. It is the word for each and every one of us. And then when we come together, we are the church body. It is for us to build on the foundation, which is Jesus. If it is built on the thrills and joys and past experiences, when the waves come, those, those foundations will be completely washed out completely washed out and we are in a building season a season for our faith to be built on the rock anyone who listens matthew chapter 7 24 anyone who listens to my teaching this is jesus speaking and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock this series, I believe, is helping us grow our faith. When those storms come, we're strong. When those doubts come, we're strong because we have our faith on a firm foundation. And you may wonder why things may be happening to you right now. Any of us wonder, why is this happening? Those who share the stories, who are probably in the process of going, God, we need you to show up. Why is this happening right now? And I have those questions sometimes. God, why? I don't, I don't quite see the big picture here. So here's the question. Have you ever asked Jesus to grow your faith? Have you ever asked Jesus to grow the crazy faith within you? If so, he's answering your prayer. He's taking you on the journey, and he has to teach you. It's not going to be like, bang, whoo, I got the knowledge. Wow, I know how. Crazy faith. No, you have to be trained. My first job at A&W, I did not cook worth beans. I showed up saying, I need a job. I was hoping for a cashier. They put me in the kitchen. And I'm going, I've never cooked besides Mr. Noodles in my life. And I'm going, score. I have to learn all of this in under a week. And here's my manual. Memorize the toppings and the layers in the right order of these burgers. And I did it. But if I didn't, if I wasn't trained, I would show up going, I got Mr. Noodle knowledge. And we'll see how far I go with this. But we got to go through the journey, right? We got to go through the journey. Jesus takes us through a journey for us to learn and to grow through different experiences. But once that experience is done, we now have the knowledge and our faith has built up. Well, then the next thing comes, we can stand on what just happened because God's truth prevailed. Amen? So we got to travel this. So if you've ever asked Jesus, Jesus, where is Grow my faith. Let me have stronger faith. Those are my prayers. Grow my faith. He's walking with you through as you learn and grow through your faith levels. At the other side, you will be able to say, what was once crazy, what was once impossible, is now possible because of Jesus. Today we're going to look at Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 4. And this is where Jesus is teaching many parables or stories to his disciples. And lots of crowds of people were there. And he's using familiar scenes or in their lifestyle. They're using to explain spiritual truths. So in this passage, Jesus is talking about the farmer and how he plants seeds. 
So a farmer would walk in these time of days. A farmer would walk across the field throwing handfuls of seeds out onto the ground from a large bag slung across his body. The plants did not grow in clean rows as they do today. They did not have the machinery where it just plunks in the seeds as you drive along. The, the farmers were throwing. They throw abundance of seed. And it did not matter how skillful the farmer was. No farmer could keep his seed from falling on the footpath, from being scattered among the rocks and the thorns, or from being carried off by the wind. So the farmer would throw seed generously, loads, handfuls of seed, having faith that some seeds will land in the good soil to have a good harvest. So Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 3, Jesus speaking, Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. See, when Jesus was alone, his disciples then asked him, going, what does this mean? What's with the story? Today we're going to talk about what stops our faith from growing. Because once we know that, we keep pursuing. We keep pursuing what God has for us. What we want is to have faith that has grown and that has matured so much that it's part of our every single day life. Not just sometimes faith, but a daily faith. And as we know, there seems to be things that we will stumble upon or things that just seem to come out of nowhere that wants to stop our faith from growing. And Jesus talks about the four soils, and three of them are ones that can stop our faith. And we're going to talk about those today. So Mark ch chapter 4, verse 4 says, As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. Number one, what stops our faith from growing is damage. It's damage. Jesus calls the ground the footpath. A footpath is nothing more than what was once fertile ground has now been walked on for so long it has now been redefined as a footpath. What is your footpath in your life? What has been walked on again and again in your life? This ground is when one person walks on it and then another, and another, and another, and it gets continuous because now it looks like a common path, the footpath. And it has been walked on so many times that it turns to damaged ground. This ground has been so packed down that it's gotten hardened over time. And since it's hardened over time, we learn to accept it. We accept it. Where are the footpaths in our lives? The areas where it has become part of your life so much that your faith can't grow there. You won't even touch it. What was once an area where you had faith for your family to know Jesus, where you felt called to ministry, where you had faith for a perfect marriage, where you had faith in Jesus in your finances, in your health, even in your identity, 
But time and time again, doubt has come where someone speaks hurt. Where you will just settle with the fighting in your marriage. Where your debt is too far gone that it's okay that it's there. Where you feel unknown and not cared for. What are the areas in your life that are so hard that it's your new normal? It's so hard where you're going, we don't touch that area. We don't, we don't go there. We don't even allow God go there. You believe that this footpath is part of... Amen. You believe that this footpath is part of who you are. Oh, children, you are lovely. Because time and time again, it has never been walked on, stomped on, and the lies is now your truth. I have these footpaths. And I believe each and every one of us, whether you say it out loud or not, has a footpath. But the real truth is, is what God has for you. And Mark 4.4 tells us that the birds came and ate the seed. You know, we are not meant to have a damaged ground. We're not meant to have that as our identity. And the enemy loves it when you feel hopeless. He loves it when you wake up and go, oh, doesn't even matter if it's Monday. I just don't want to get out of bed. Right? The enemy loves that. He grows off that because hope is the start of faith. And if he can take away that hope, he's going, check for me. But if the enemy can, if we, if the enemy can eliminate that hope and spew the lies, and the hatred in your direction, you begin to redefine who you are to the point where you don't acknowledge God anymore. God did not create us to have damaged ground. We are chosen sons and daughters. We have been made new. We no longer need to live in our hurts. And today we say no longer, church. No longer. God wants to do miraculous things in your lives, in the details, in our everyday. So how do we know if we have a footpath? Because something feels normal now that wasn't normally there. We need to take God's word and we need to align it to our situations. What situations are we facing and what's God's word say and align it? What does God say? The real truth is God's word. The enemy is a liar. The footpath is nothing but a stomped hardened ground of lies that prevents faith to grow. But John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Jesus chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. We need to put the truth in us over and over again, day after day. We have to remind ourselves to the point where it's in us, where we know when things come up, we're going, no, that's not what God says, and it's gone. We need to loosen up that hardened ground of God's word. Daily, I am chosen. Daily, I have a purpose. Daily, I am loved. Number two, what stops our faith from growing? Death. Mark 4, 5 says, Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and soon it didn't have deep roots because it died. 
When we experience joy, when we experience excitement, when we are with everyone at church on a Sunday like now, or we're going to be at a summer camp that was so fun and we are hyped up, but as soon as something hard or the problems come along, we quit, we run and say, I'm out. That is not the church of God. We will stand on a firm foundation. When the storms come, we will not be rocked. We will not crumble. We will stand true in God's word. When we are with everyone, we can do this together. When someone is struggling, encourage them. Bring them alongside you and do it together. You see, plants grow well when they remain. Every time we uproot a plant, they go into a time of shock. You should not look at my garden. It is shocked. <laughs> or drowning. <laughs> One or both, right? But when we take a plant... And we, and we, there's a science to when to, to uproot a plant. And I'm always talking to a couple of people in church who are amazing at, at gardening. Going, Am I allowed to move that? And they're going, no. I'm like, I won't touch it. I'll probably kill it anyways if I leave it anyways. It's just all going to die. But that's off topic. <laughs> Every time we uproot a plant, they go into a time of shock. And we hope that their roots are going to latch on. We hope that their roots are going to grow strong where they're going to survive the elements. And the seed that fell on the shallow soil, there were, under, there were underlying rocks. It was, it was shallow. So when the sun, hot, the sun was hot and it came, it's good. And the plant grew fast. It sprouted fast. So when I say we get hyped up at church, it's good. When we have our, our worship playlist during the week, it is good. When we read that one verse in the Bible because it's good, but not the other parts. It's all right, but when the storms come, how are your roots? How strong are they? When the feel-good moments leave, how are your roots? The roots were weak in this because they could not grow deep. They could not get rooted. Jesus says, remain in me and I remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitless unless you remain in me. For our faith to withstand the elements, we need to remain in Jesus. Jesus is not part of the age of sensation. He's not part of that. I just want you to feel good. You feel good? I'm good. No, he prunes. <laughs> that part doesn't feel good, but what it produces feels good. It looks good. It tastes good. It's good. He's all about true love and poured out grace for every person. He's all about lives being made new and alive in him. Not just feel-good movements. He's about his father's business, which means a relationship that we can have with him daily, daily faith. Remain in him. Grow good fruit. And he remains in us. So church with that, trials will come. Hey? Yeah. Romans 5.3. This is how we do it. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. 
because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Day after day, day after day, in the tiniest details, he cares. We, he loves us. He asks for us to seek him out, remain in him. We are not to follow the new fad, not to follow the most current or what people say we should do or what that church looks like. Church, there's people that text us going, why don't you do it like that church? Because that's not my church. They do them and we do us. God calls them to do their mission. God calls us to do this mission. Everything needs to look different sometimes to reach different people. We are not in opposition. Choose where you are home. Choose your family. I'm not in opposition. We go to God's word and say, God, what are you saying to FWC Church? What are you saying to you? What are you saying to me? What are you saying, God? And out of that, we have a choice to act out of obedience. We don't run from trials, church. We remain in him, and he remains in us. Our roots grow strong to withstand all the elements. As we learn, as we spend time with Jesus over and over again, we remain in God's love. God's word is important because it changes us from the inside out. From the inside out. So number three, remember, church, this is stuff for us going, ah, I see it now. I see it now. I see where the enemy is driving me. I see where he's trying to bring in hopeless. I see it now. And we conquer back going, this is what God's word says. Number three, what stops our faith from growing? Distractions. Ugh. That's my angst. Distractions. Mark 4, 7. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. In order for our faith to grow, we may need to prune away thorns. In John 15, 2, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce even more. Oh, how good that fruit must be. If you were here on April 30th, I spoke on a series called Much Fruit as a one-off. Much Fruit and what it means to be pruned. We ate lots of grapes that day. Pruning is not enjoyable, but we need to trust the process. Jesus is gentle. He loves us and he cares for us. And the last thing he wants to do is hurt us. He will never hurt us. So I can say that the enemy has been striving and working over time to distract us. To distract us from what God is calling us to do. But I praise God. I praise God we got the enemy's attention. I say it again, I praise God that we have the enemy's attention. And that means that God is doing something. You will hear Brad and I say, God is on the move. God is doing something. It's because we see and feel the opposition. If there was no opposition, I would be concerned. Right? It means that we're not doing anything. It means that we're comfortable. We can rest in James 1, 2. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, great joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance is fully developed. You will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That's good news. Trials suck, yes. 
But out of those trials, we see that it is part of us to develop in our faith. That God has never left us, that he's always with us. And we can praise him in the storm. We can praise him in the pruning. And we can praise him and we can continue to remain in him. God will build his church and the powers of hell will not touch it. Will not touch it. When the storms come, the church, who are us, the people, will stand strong because our faith, our roots have grown strong. Because we have seen, God, we are in a building season, and I want to build strong on your foundation. Brad and I, we want to build firm on God's foundation. Church, you got to build firm on God's foundation. Daily faith. Daily faith. Jesus modeled it, how he dealt with distractions in Matthew 1. When he went to the desert and he was tested for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy came against them time and time again, time and time again. And how did he conquer back? God's word. Firm foundation, God's word. He showed how we can conquer back. Let's get God's word into us. It doesn't matter where you begin. Open that thing up and read God's word. In order for our faith to grow, we need to identify where we are damaged, number one. I need to identify where I have been damaged. And just because I'm up here doesn't mean I got it all figured out. I have been damaged. But I know that there's a hope in Jesus. And I put my faith in Jesus where I'm going, where that damage has happened, I claim it in the name of Jesus. That's how we fight back in those areas. In order for us to have daily faith, we need to remain in the love of God. When you wake up in the morning, give God your day. When you drink your coffee, eat your breakfast, go to work, stay at home, give God that moment. Pray out what could, where are the people this day? Who are my encounters this week? God, give me this day. You are in this day. Give them your daily faith. We need to let God prune our distractions. I feel that this right now, distractions are big. It's very big. Whether here, in our community, in our world, it's everywhere. Church, we can fight back with God's word. And I'm not saying fight back arms and whatever, hurrahs. If God's called you to do something, God's called you to do something But I'm saying we can fight back in knowing God's word and what is true. And you stand on what is true. Do not get distracted from all the voices and all the new things and this and that. Do not get distracted in the drama. There is drama. We cannot get distracted in the drama. Be strong in God's word. Let's grow our faith where people can experience Jesus because our lives have been transformed by Jesus, where they can see Jesus in us. We have the good news. Let's share the good news. I've been told the only good gossip there is is when you say something good about someone behind their back. I want to challenge all of us. No gossip unless you got something good to say about someone else. From our faith, from our testimonies, from our trials, from our pains, through answered prayer and miracles, we remain in him. We have seeds to sow. 
We're farmers. It's up to us to be obedient to Jesus, and he will do the rest. For us to get up and go from the paralyzed man that we spoke on the past couple weeks, to get up, to go, to the Great Commission, to go. The exciting part, Mark 4, 8. Still other seeds fell on the fertile soil and they sprouted. They grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much has been planted. The harvest. We can believe for that crop. Hey? Jesus said that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Jesus says to pray and ask for more workers. So we pray and we will ask for more workers. But as we go and people hear about Jesus and they choose to have their lives changed because of Jesus, they then too also go. The harvest is ripe. Church, the harvest is ripe. Let's not get distracted. Let's not get stuck in, our, in, a, in a footpath. Let's not get there. The harvest is ready. That's what I want to pray about today. Can we stand, church? This message, the daily faith, that's the daily grind. It's a work. But it's a good work. It's a good work. And it's a time where God says, put your faith in me. The stories that came today, those stories, there was a work in those stories. There were tears behind the scenes in those stories. There were doubts and questions behind the scenes in those stories. But then they stand and say, this is where God showed up. This is what God did. And I believe through answered prayer, God's doing miracles. We all have those stories. Stories where we can rise up and have faith for going, okay, God, here I am. I have faith and I see that result and I have no idea to get from here to there. No idea. And God's saying, good. Where do you put your faith in? Crazy faith. Faith to be activated. Let's pray. Here we are, Jesus, going, I have no idea to get from A to B. You see my situation. You see where my, my heart is. And today, Jesus, I give you my A, and I give you my B, and I give you everything that's in between. God, give me faith to walk that walk. Jesus, guide my feet. Show me where to go, who to talk to. Or maybe I just need to be silent and wait and be patient. But today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to be walking out of obedience to you. And out of that, Jesus, my eyes are on you. Take away the distractions. Heal that footpath. I believe those footpaths can become fertile soil. I believe those footpaths are actually testimonies about to become new. For people to go, wow, seriously, I saw that. And now you're like this? God, I pray for those moments. 
I pray for those moments to come new. I pray for those damages to be renewed in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you are a good God. That there is nothing too small or too non-existent to the point where you're like, no, I, I love you and I see that and I'm going to resurrect that. You care for us. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, he is saying this is your A. This is where you begin. And I want to pray a prayer and lead you in this prayer. And if you're in this room and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, where he died on the cross and he took all our sins to the cross and he left them there and he came alive after three days. And he's our King of Kings. And if you want to ask him into your heart today and walk the walk of faith with him, can you raise your hand in bold faith today going, this is me. This is me. Let's say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, today I choose you. I love you. And I want to walk the walk of faith with you. Lead my steps. I put my trust in you. I thank you for dying for me on the cross and giving me new life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You're a good God. There is like a rest, okay? I just ask for you to rest in this place. Bring a calm to the storms. We have nothing to worry about, Jesus. We put our trust in you. Thank you, Lord. Bless the people here today, Lord. Speak to each and every one of us as we leave today and throughout the week, our day to day. Be so vocal. Show us so well in front of us where you are moving and where you are working, where it just increases our faith. We look forward to more stories, God, for more of your good works. We thank you, Jesus, and we give this all to you. Amen. Amen. Well, church, that's church today. If you want prayer, you can pray with anyone in this room if you choose, but I am also here, and I'd be happy to pray for anyone. But we will see you next week. Please continue to pray for Caton's Island. That is this Wednesday. Pray for me, Brad and Paula. <laughs> Have the strength. <laughs> It'll be a good, good time. And we look forward for good stories next Sunday. So we have faith for that. We'll see you. Blessed.